We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. I am Scott Jensen, joined as always on the Friday DFS edition by Andrew Laird. Uh, it is uh, week 15, we appreciate everybody listening all season long, it's been a, a fun journey. Uh, if you can re- rate or read the podcast, it'd be fantastic. Also, you've been listening to us all year and have enjoyed the podcast. A, uh, a bunch of stars and a nice comment goes a long way towards helping the podcast. Also helping people find the podcast. So, Andrew, we're at week, uh, week 15, uh, only three weeks left in the regular season. How are you this week? Uh, not bad, not bad. We've got, um, we'll pull the curtain back a little bit that we're taping this on a Wednesday. All right. Even though it's a Friday podcast, and that's why I'm a little more upbeat because I haven't seen the Ravens murder the Jets on Thursday night yet. <laughs> you haven't seen Lamar uh, run for 220 yards yet? <sighs> I haven't yet, but I expect it, so we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I appreciate you doing this on a Wednesday. I am uh, I'm actually out of town for a we- uh, for a wedding this weekend, so I uh, appreciate you doing it ahead of time. So obviously we don't have quite as much injury info as we have normally. Uh, you know, we planned this ahead of time. We didn't think that uh, half of the NFL wide receivers were going to get hurt last week, um, so it makes uh, makes it a little bit tough. But uh, I think we have a, we got some Wednesday injury reports at least, so I think we're we're kind of going towards uh, figuring out who's playing or not. Yeah, I mean. We can hedge our conversation enough yeah. if this happens. Then that, but to be honest, uh, a lot of the injuries that went to wide receivers were more serious than um, than nothing. So it's like we, I think we can, our assumptions can be pretty easy 
this week, which yeah. now that I've said that means they'll all be wrong. It seemed like four or five guys went on IR, so it was yeah. a, it was a tough week, a tough week for a wide receiver, say the least. So let's jump into uh, week fifteen. Uh, overall slate is interesting. Again, we have we have thirteen games again with only with you know no buys, no Thanksgiving, all that kind of stuff, no Saturday games yet. We will have some Saturday games next week. Uh, you mentioned Jets and Baltimore off the slate. They play Thursday night. Bills and Steelers got flexed to Sunday night, so we won't be talking about that one. And then Colts and Saints on Monday night, kind of an interesting game. Uh, you know, different than we thought it would look at preseason, but uh, yeah. still an interesting game. Uh, but uh, we got a we got a couple of high total games. Nothing super high. The highest game is uh, fifty. It's actually, the ten the Texans at the Titans, which is not exactly what you think of when you think of a high scoring game. That I mean, Tennessee has just been like shocking to me, and I yeah, can't. It's it's wild. It. It got to the point where we were like, obviously, Ryan Tannehill was going to be an improvement over Marcus Mariota, but like the degree to which he is like becoming, he's having like a historic season. Um, and so they're obviously thinking it continues against that garbage Texans defense. Yeah, and obviously the Texans can put up some points too. So that uh, that game is at 50. Uh, we have a couple of games that are 48 and above. We have the Rams and the Cowboys, which is a uh, obviously a pretty pretty big marquee game. Both teams kind of fighting to stay in the playoff race. Rams are fared by one. Over under there is 49. We got the Browns and Cardinals, kind of a uh, you know maybe uh, maybe the Browns can score on the Cardinals defense. Over under there is 48. And then we have the Seahawks Panthers. Over under there is 48 and a half. Seattle fared by four on the road. Uh, but none of these are like games where you're like, oh my god, this is the game I want to stack. The over under is 53. So it's going to be a an interesting week in terms of finding games that you you like to stack. Also an interesting week in that we mentioned all the wide receiver injuries. You know, a lot of them were kind of number two wide receivers or guys that have you know other big guys that they play with. I mean, you have Calvin Ridley, Marvin Jones, uh, Mike Evans has Chris Godwin there. So a lot of guys that the wide receiver ones get kind of ramped up with more targets, but you also get the wide receiver three that come into play that are they're kind of coming in cheaply. So it's a uh, an interesting mix of uh, you've got studs that are going to be get more targeted maybe than they used to be, and then wide receiver threes who are cheap and kind of get pushed up to that wide receiver two level do you think we're more likely to get to actually see the wide receiver ones increase as opposed to the threes like who do you think actually gets more looks i tend to think the threes in those uh, in those situations are the ones that really get elevated because you know julio jones is julio jones but um yeah you know if you, if you push up a couple targets or but uh, you know maybe they get more coverage that way too so uh, i tend to be more interested in the wide receiver threes in those situations but you know someone like god when, uh, you know, it's interesting because we haven't been able to figure out Godwin's Evan week. And I think you mentioned a week or two ago, you know, if one of them got hurt, one of them would be really elevated. And we've kind of fallen into that now. Yeah, it's a weird, like, Godwin no, I'm is... not blaming you for Mike Evans. Mike Evans' injury. I'm not blaming you. <laughs> Godwin was like the clear example for me. Like, when I looked at the slate, I was like, you know, when Evans went down, you're like, oh, it's going to be like a huge Godwin situation. And then I kind of like went to the whole, like, nobody's been able to predict Godwin and and yep. Evans basically, but like nobody's been able to pre- predict this all season. So I don't know why, like just because Evans isn't there all of a sudden we were like, it's definitely going to be Godwin where it could be anybody else. Like it could be the OJ Howard breakout game and oh, yeah, Winston some... also got hurt. So maybe that kind of dampens it a little bit too. Yeah. It, it sounds like Winston's going to be good to go with the thumb injury, but I definitely, as we get to wide receivers, definitely some other wide receivers in that game, I think are, are pretty interesting too. Um, also some low totals this week. We've got uh, three games that are 41 and under. We got the bears and Packers in a game that's supposed to be frigid conditions. Uh, you know, we talk about weather, how, you know, we usually don't let the weather affect our decisions less extreme. It's supposed to be 11 degrees in green Bay on Sunday. So, uh, that's, uh, that gets to be on the extreme side. You get to 
a certain temperature and becomes hard to kind of do some of the stuff you want to do. Um, Eagles at Redskins, um, you know, two teams in the the really bad NFC East. Uh, Philly favored by four and a half over under there is 40. And then Patriots, Bengals, kind of a, a indication of the Patriots defense being good, the offense not being very good lately, and the Bengals being the Bengals. That's an over under of 40 and a half. Yeah, it's like, like you said, like there's not one game that like you really want to go after. And like, obviously when it's spread out like that, you're going to have like nibbles of every game. But I don't know, it's a, it's an odd week where we have like some big totals, but you don't necessarily want to go after them. I don't know, it's weird. I, I feel like when I was going through a few lineup builds, there was really no, you know, like consistent way that I wanted to go about it, which doesn't necessarily make me feel good. <laughs> Uh, but on the other hand, it can be kind of fun. You know, you don't have the obvious, you know, say, uh, you know, Falcon Saints game that everybody's stacking. You're trying to figure that out. But uh, I think there's many games, there's many players. I My player pool right now is probably, you know, affected against the Wednesday, but probably a little bigger than normal. But uh, there's definitely uh, some interesting plays. I found a lot of wide receivers I liked. Quarterbacks and running backs were a little tougher. I've been struggling with running backs the last couple of weeks, uh, mostly thanks to Leonard Fournette and Alvin Kamara, who have just killed me most of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's an interesting week. I think it's uh, a week that's very spread out and should be good for um, percentages and GPPs kind of taking shots in different places. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a good read at least. Yeah, the quarterbacks were tough for me mostly because it was like, oh, I like this guy. And I'm like, oh, the algorithm did too. Like they're actually expensive this week. So right. um, eh, we'll get there. So let's uh, let's jump into running backs. But first, a note from our primary sponsor, Yahoo Fantasy Sports. For sports and betting fans in the New Jersey area, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Sports betting is available today on Yahoo Sports and the Yahoo Sports app powered by BetMGM. Yahoo Sportsbook powered by BetMGM allows fans nationwide to view betting odds across a variety of sports. You can check that out. And users of legal age to bet in the state of New Jersey can click through the odds and place bets on BetMGM. New users 21 years or older in New Jersey can make their first $10 deposit and receive $100 in free bets. Go to betmgm.com slash yahoo to get started for full offer terms and conditions. Also, Yahoo Daily Fantasy can use to launch new fantasy contests every day. Visit yahoo.com slash daily fantasy and enter an NBA, NBA, NHL, or PGA contest today. So as we uh, as we usually do in this uh, in this interesting DFS world at the running back spot, we start with Christian McCaffrey, uh, priced down a little bit. Uh, you know he has not scored in three or four weeks, although he still uh, gets uh, about forty five catches a week. Um, <laughs> ten ten thousand on DraftKings, ten thousand four hundred on FanDuel. Um, Seventy yards or fewer rushing in the last four weeks, but uh, after three straight games, over hundred yards. But the catches are just still massive. 25 targets last two weeks, 18 catches. His targets last four weeks as a running back, 14, 9, 13, and 12. Uh, it's just crazy how it doesn't really matter if the Panthers play well or not. He still kind of puts up stats. Right. You're getting basically like Devontae Adams um, targets mm-hmm. with 60 to 80 rushing yards and like goal line looks if they get them. Like, that's why you end up having to pay up for McCaffrey because he has elite wide receiver volume. Now, obviously, he's getting very short passes, so it's not like you're going to get... He's not turning 12 targets into 80 yards unless he breaks one. But to be able... I mean, we look at this like with Lamar Jackson, at quarterback, that like he gets the this ridiculous rushing yards and like the the stats that he's supposed to get based on his position are just bonus points at that point. So like McCaffrey is, you know, probably a 7K level wide receiver and you add on the the rushing yards and it's like a, he's a great value of 10,000 a week. 
Yeah, Todd Gurley had uh, had a pretty decent game against uh, against them. Uh, no running back over 100 yards since week six, though. Only one all year long. Seattle Seattle has been good against the rush. Uh, McCaffrey is an underdog in this game, although I think it's only four or four and a half points. Um, so you're you're we've talked many times. You're more of a cash game player. GPP is McCaffrey uh, right right in there for you for cash games this week? Yeah, I mean he has to be. Like, there's really no reason. Um, like the reason to ever fade McCaffrey is not ever having to do with matchup or volume, like whatever it is, like you're probably going to play him. And at 10,000, that's still like a very reasonable, reasonable price for a player who like disappoints when he scores 20 to 25. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like the, the only other guy who is so consistent this year is Michael Thomas and he's not on the slate. And so it's, it's just, uh, there are some values. Obviously we're talking about with all these injuries, there are values to be had, that like fitting in McCaffrey is just pretty easy. And I mean, there are other um, running backs that you can pay up for, but when you really look at the volume that everybody's getting, like McCaffrey has games that those guys get to when they score touchdowns and McCaffrey doesn't need touchdowns to get there. So yeah, I think he's going to be once again, very, very popular in cash games. And I think even more so this week, because I think the I think the two running backs over 8,000 on DraftKings have some question marks, both Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. Uh, Dalvin Cook is at the Chargers, but only played 34 snaps last week. That You have to think they're going to take it easy on his shoulder, um, you know, unless they need him. If they're in a close game late, sure, he's going to be in the guy. He's going to be the guy. But, you know, Madison, Alexander Madison played 27 snaps. I just I don't think I can pay the 8,900 on DraftKings, 8,500 on FanDuel. I think his ceiling's a little more limited than it had been earlier in the year. He's obviously a beast. There's only, there's only been two weeks all year he hasn't scored a touchdown which is just crazy and uh those two weeks he had over 100 total yards so like he has not really had a week that's totally killed you but only 3.4 yards per carry the last five games been a little less efficient than he has been the touchdowns have kind of saved him i just don't think i can pay up this week not knowing that you know if he takes you know one hit the wrong way on that shoulder you know suddenly they sit him and madison comes in yeah i think that's a that's a very reasonable read and for 1100 dollars more um you know, you can take that. You don't have to take the risk. Like you, that's what you're paying. If you're looking to cook and you're like, if it's possible that, you know, they get ahead and he comes out of the game, like that's the other thing. McCaffrey plays all the time. Yep. And so cook has a reason to not play if they get ahead or if he, you know, gets a shot to his shoulder. So, um, you know, the 1100 to get to McCaffrey is your insurance of getting a guy to play the entire game. But yeah, I mean, cook, I think there's you're more likely to try to play both of them if you're really thinking about Cook, and I don't know why you would do that. Yeah, and then Derrick Henry is uh, home against Houston, but he's he's 9,400 on FanDuel, 8,500 on DraftKings, but he's dealing with a hamstring injury, and that always freaks me out, the running back. You know, one <laughs> cut the wrong way, and that he feels that. You know, suddenly he's done. He did he did play really well last week. He had 103 yards and two touchdowns against the Raiders, but kind of came in and out. He only played 37 snaps. He was uh, kind of moving in and out. He, he played much less in the second half. Uh, you know, nice matchup if he looks healthy. Houston's allowed 140-plus rushing yards to backfields in three of the last four games. They're kind of really coming apart a little bit on defense. Um, you know, aside from that New England game, they've been kind of struggling. They, they did not play well against the Broncos last week in any facet of the game. Oof. But I just think, uh, you know, at the price, I don't want to take uh, – go into a game knowing a guy already has an injury that is so easily aggravated. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. It's – and a guy like Henry who like relies on speed where it's like you're not surprised that he comes up with a hamstring injury at some point. So you don't really want to take him to to then have to, you know, I mean, like a lot of his volume, I mean, excuse me, a lot of his yards, like come on big plays. Like he's a big play 
running back. And so, I mean, you just look, he had carries of 34, 74, and 68 in three of his last four. Last week, his high was 24. And, you know, if he's not, if he, the hamstring is going to limit him at all, then, I mean, I don't know why you would pay up for it. Yeah, I, I don't see a reason to pay up for it either. Obviously, he's got he's got massive upside. He's been really good the last of a month and a half or so. But I just uh, that worries me enough at the price that I'm probably going to move away from Henry this week. The the worst part is is that like if he doesn't play, which I mean we haven't obviously it's Wednesday, so we can't uh, can't look project too much. And he he's been taking days off, but it's like he's really going to play like Dion Lewis or uh, I don't even know how you nope. say this last guy's name, Kari Blassing game or. Like what is that? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm playing either of those guys. I think Henry will play. It's obviously a yeah. huge game, you know, in the in the division. Uh, this is pretty much, uh, you know, gonna be gonna be a big thing for who wins the AFC South. They do play each other twice in the next uh, couple last last three weeks, I think. But um, as we get to running backs, then we have a huge bunch of guys in the seven thousands on DraftKings. We've got probably you know six or seven guys that are the every week kind of guys that you consider. Uh, I'll jump it to you though. Is there anybody in this range that jumps out to you as your favorite play in this range this week? Um, I'm actually going to say there's one that jumped out at me who is never my favorite play, but I think, Oh no, that's mine. That's mine too. Then is it Chris Carson? Oh, it's so much Chris Carson. Yeah. It's like such a perfect Chris Carson week, uh, against that garbage Panthers defense. And, um, Chris Carson never disappoints. So we have to worry about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. And you could put on your Chris Carson Jersey and watch the game. So be that's right. That's right. All those Chris Carson jerseys I bought from the winnings I've had. Um, yes. No, the so, I mean, but Rashad Penny's obviously went on IR, yeah. so that you know suddenly CJ Prosize is clearly a third down back. So you know, while Penny was you know spelling Carson but starting to play more and more, uh, Prosize is going to be the guy that's not really going to steal as many carries as Penny would. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, it just lines up perfectly for him. I mean, the thing is, is that there are guys you can play that are not Chris Carson. Um, oh yeah, Josh Jacobs, I think would be a great play if he's, if he's healthy enough to start, um, only 7,000 against Jacksonville. Uh, he didn't play last week. Sounds like he wanted to play, but they decided to hold him out. Um, so I think he'd be a great one. You can convince yourself that Leonard Fournette against that Raiders defense is a fine play. And I, I won't argue against you despite last week's horrible game, but like the volume <laughs> is usually there for Fournette. Yeah. Um, can be said about Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, obviously a matchup against the Rams enough in the passing game usually um, to look at it. You can, I mean, Saquon Barkley against Miami, home against Miami. This is the the best possible spot you could use Saquon Barkley in. Um, and yet, I have no interest in Saquon either. Like, it just all comes back to like, Carson really does make the most sense of the whole group. Uh, he does. And I think, I think he'll probably be pretty popular. I don't think we're, uh, I don't think we're out of the box here with, with Carson. I mean, Carolina's allowed 24 touchdowns to running backs, allowing 5.3 yards per carry. Uh, you know, Brian, Brian Hill of all people and Devonte Freeman last week were 26 for 146 and two touchdowns on them. Darius Geis had that monster game two weeks ago. I mean, it's a great matchup. It's a great game script. Uh, their defense is bad. So I think that, uh, yeah, 7,500, that's gonna be pretty popular, but, uh, what about uh, what about Nick Chubb? You know, kind of the same old good rushing numbers last week, 15 for 107. 
106, no touchdown again, still struggling in the red zone. Um, you know, the, the cream hunt stuff is real. He's getting a lot of snaps. He's scoring touchdowns. It's been frustrating, but, um, cash games. No, but as a GPP guy, I think Nick Chubb has a huge upside this weekend against Arizona. The floor is very real due to the split work and no receiving numbers. So the, the floor is very, very, uh, very much a, a problem and, and lower than most of the guys in this range. But I think the upside is, upside is as high as anybody, especially in this matchup. Yeah. And I think people will look away, will not be looking, um, at him just because of all of the guys that we were talking about. I mean, there's, you have to be concerned a little bit by, and now we knew like the, the targets were going to dry up when hunt came back, but 31 carries in the last two games combined, uh, really isn't what we were used to seeing. I mean, he's had games with like, you know, 27 was his season high and he's now 31 in two games, 106 yards last week, 57 on one carry. I mean, I, I think he's a fine GPP play because of that Arizona defense, but yeah, I don't, I don't touch him in cash mostly because of the guys below him. I think are all better. Yeah, I think that's a really uh, a really good way to look at it. I think that I'll have some some chub at GPP, but uh, but not in cash also. So you mentioned Saquon. Uh, last couple weeks have been better. He was 19 for 83 and 17 for 66. Still had three catches for one yard last week with Eli Manning. So he's got some still some gross stuff out there. Miami's allowing 160 total yards per game to running backs, which is just a bonkers number. Um, he hasn't been over 100 rushing yards since week two. Obviously, the offensive line is not doing anything to help him out. Um, you said you're not playing Barkley this week. Did you? How tempted are you in this matchup? I mean, really tempted. I mean, anytime you have yeah. a running back... Anytime you have any running back against the Dolphins, he like he's in play. They're at home, they're favored, which is like insane. Although I think it's pretty clear. I don't even remember what the spread was. Um, I'm trying to pull it here quickly. Three against and a half. The, against the oh, Eagles? Gosh. No, against the Dolphins. It was uh, oh oh so this week. I think it was last week. week. No, no, no yeah. yeah. So it's like it's it's one of those that like if you if you don't use Saquon now, when will you ever use him? Not that you ever have to use him, but um, I think if it was if it was anybody in this situation, seventy seven hundred dollars, seventy seven hundred for a favored running back against the Dolphins, you play him. Sometimes it's as simple as that, right? Uh, yeah, I think I'll have uh, I'll have some this week. I've uh, I've been kind of the victim of you know I play season long also, so I've been the victim of you know kind of maybe playing Kamara and Barkley a little bit too much in DFS this season going on because I'm like oh you know they were top five picks like how yeah. could they not break out at some point? I think you could, I think that's probably my biggest weakness in DFS is not getting rid of that and kind of looking at it week by week and I, I still get stuck in that a little bit. I've tried hard not to, but there's been a couple weeks where I played Barkley and Kamara because I'm like well that has to work at some point and. Uh, uh, <laughs> newsflash it hasn't <laughs> yeah i think uh, i mean i've heard a lot of like the if you you know if you have him you got to start him but like dfs you don't have him i mean exactly and i i think that i think i get stuck in that too like in a season long you're never going to sit him but uh you know dfs you get to play who you want you don't have a you're not limited by your actual roster so you can play whoever you want and i think i get i get stuck in that a little bit too much and i've been trying to fix that but still needs to and still have some work to go yeah i think one of the interesting builds that you can do if you is if you fade mccaffrey uh, specifically in cash games, like you can play three of these guys that we're talking about. So like if you go in with like yep. Barkley, Carson and Jacobs, like you could get 60 carries, 80 touches total. you know, you can get a ton of touches from those three. Um, and all in, all in good matchups too. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think that's one of the things that you really have to weigh is uh, because there are a few pay down running back options like uh so it essentially comes down to we'll get to them in a minute in a little bit um i'll go with the extreme of like 
you know, do you want to use Ronald Jones and McCaffrey? I think Jones is a horrible play this week, but like, is that the, <laughs> do you want those two or do you want Saquon Barkley and Chris Carson? I mean, you put about like that, you're like, huh, maybe, <laughs> maybe I should. Yeah. McCaffrey or you could, week. you know, whoever you like down at that bottom range, right. you know, I don't like Ronald Jones this week either, but you know, if you put Patrick Laird or Adrian Peterson in there, right. um, probably a little more interesting, but I still think I like the, I like the two medium guys uh, a little bit more. Yeah. So that, that, there you go. It's, it's McCaffrey and Patrick Laird versus Jacobs and Barkley. And it's like McCaffrey's really going to have to do well uh, for that to work because I'm not sure Patrick Laird is going to be that dominant. So before we get to the full bottom, uh, I, I want to ask you, what are you doing with the Chargers running backs? Uh, we have Melvin Gordon at 6,500 drafting 74 on FanDuel. Austin Eckler with 100 yards rushing and 100 yards receiving last week, all on 12 touches. Which 12 seems- touches impossible but it actually happened um 6700 DraftKings 7200 on FanDuel so they are not uh they're not expensive but they're not priced down either do you what do you do with these guys right now I mean I, I hate to be like I just can't take Eckler with those number of touches how hyper efficient he is but how do you pay that for 12 touches that's how many that's how many he's averaged a week since uh, since Gordon came back to yeah I don't I um almost played Gordon in cash last week and when I saw Eckler's line it was like oh something must have happened and it's like oh no he just got 12 <laughs> touches like yeah. 13 opportunities he had four catches on five targets but like i don't know that i don't know how you play eckler certainly in cash like i don't know how you play him with that lack of volume but like gordon gordon's volume was down last week like only 12 carries he did catch yep. all five of his targets somehow his five targets turned into 29 yards as opposed to eckler's that's turned into 112 but um i don't know like eckler's they, they run that they run that damn wheel play to eckler and it's open every every time, time. It's uh, crazy how, how easy that play works. Yeah. I mean, he has over 100 receiving yards in two of his last three games. And the other one was 51. <laughs> like, Eckler's, you know, making McCaffrey jealous with those. But, like, he doesn't have the nearly enough uh, rushing yard, r- rushing attempts. So, I don't know. I generally try to just not play the two of them because I, I just don't, you know, this isn't a Godwin-Evans situation. But, like, I don't know. There's no reason, rhyme and reason or reason to say like, this is the week for one of them other than you can say it about Gordon because you know, he's going to get at least get more opportunities than Eckler, but because Eckler's so efficient, like in the end, it doesn't matter. So I look at both of them and I'm like, I'll just pay up slightly for Josh Jacobs and not worry about it. Yeah. I think I'm in the same boat too. And you know, last week they did play the Jacksonville defense, which is just atrocious right now. They do play Minnesota this week. Who's been leaking a little bit to running backs lately, but nowhere near as uh, catastrophic as the Jacksonville defense is right now. Exactly. Exactly. So jumping down a little bit, um, I was shocked that Todd Gurley is only six thousand on draft. Yeah. that's a weird. It was and a very weird price, mostly because like the other guys, the other, the receivers aren't really priced down. Um, and and then I was like, well, I guess Gurley maybe played on Monday night before he was you know heavily involved again, but he didn't. You know, the Monday night game was was the Eagles and the uh, and the, and the Redskins. So. Uh, no Eagles and Giants, sorry. Giants. Yeah. Uh, but Gurley was Gurley was heavily involved against last week. You know he has twenty and twenty seven touches the last two weeks. You know they clearly have said in press conferences and by looking at the stats, they're playing him more. They need to win every week to make the playoffs. They're a game behind the Vikings in the, for that sixth spot in the NFC. You know there's no point in resting him anymore and saving him for the playoffs because they they need him to make the playoffs. So right. he scored in three of his last four. He's seventy six hundred on Fanduel, so he kind of is in the in the mix with all the other guys we talked about earlier. So he doesn't jump out quite as much much there, but. 6,000 on DraftKings, if he's going to get volume, it's hard to get away from him, even against this Dallas defense that has now allowed a 100-yard rusher since week five. Yeah, he, he thankfully is close enough on DraftKings to the other guys that I was looking at that 
I would probably just play Gurley. Like Philip Lindsay against Kansas City's garbage, at least against running back defenses, like that was tempting. Uh, David Montgomery against the Packers, which I never want to play Montgomery. Uh, James White nope. uh, against the Bengals, which who knows? Your boy. Yeah. So I look at those guys and I'm just like, oh, oh and I didn't even talk about Miles Sanders, who um, who knows? <laughs> might what might be the second best running back in his own back. Oh, in that group, it's like, oh, I'll, I would just play Gurley. Uh, and that, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to take anybody of that group. I, I think I end up avoiding it. But there's a guy below that I really would love to play, but there's just no way to know how much volume he's going to get. And he happens to play for the San Francisco 49ers. So can you give us the secrets to this backfield? Uh, I assume you're talking about Raheem the Dream? Yes, I am. 5200 on DraftKings. Did you see his price on FanDuel? Uh... Seventy five hundred. <laughs> I was flipping through it. I'm like, oh, that's a good price on DraftKings, fifty two hundred. You know, the touches. You know, I talked to all the stuff. We'll talk about in a second. But he's seventy hundred on FanDuel. How the hell would you play him there? Because uh, nobody else would ever dream of playing him there. I guess, like, if you're going GPP and going off the map, and but um, so so Mostert played forty snaps last week, and I think it's really important because the they move around this backfield a lot. But Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman were both healthy, and they combined for twenty three snaps together. I mean, it, it's very horrific. clear. Yeah, Coleman and Breida looked good, but Coleman just looked. Ooh. Coleman looks a step slower than these two guys, and it's not that close. And, and Mostert is like the the outside off tackle run, just that one cut kind of run, like Terrell Davis used to do, like boom, 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 and then one cut and he's gone. I mean, he's he's shown so much last two weeks in tough games against the Ravens and the Saints. He's been just totally dominant. An explosive guy, only 12 touches last week, so we're kind of in the Austin Eckler world of problems, but he did score twice. He caught that pass from Emmanuel Sanders as a sweet play. By the way, did you hear the Niners won last week? Um, <laughs> back-to-back great games. Um, I think he's playable on DraftKings in a good matchup against the Falcons. I think he'll get involved. I think they're going to – they should have a lead and run the ball, although – you know, the Niners are missing some cornerbacks. This game might get a little interesting, but I just think he's unplayable on FanDuel to me, but I, I think he's very much in the mix on DraftKings 5,200. I mean, <clears throat> Shanahan said, like, that they're going to – he's the leader of the backfield, I believe, was the um, the quote, yeah, something that, like that. that. That changes carry by carry, though. Right, and so that's, yeah. like, the worst part is that, uh, like, Coleman was the was the first guy last week, and so they, they this whole, like – we're going to play the hot hand. And obviously, like, it benefits if you are the first one to show whether you have right. a hot hand. But, like, if you don't, it's over. And so um, the the 5,200 on DraftKings is, is low enough where it could be worth the risk. Certainly not in, in cash. But um, that FanDuel price is insane. Just insane. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. I had to look at it, like, three times to make sure that he was, he was ranked where he was. I right. mean, they, and they have... Uh, apparently, FanDuel's all over the Niners because they have Jimmy Garoppolo as the number one quarterback this week, too. Of course. Of course. I mean, he's not cheap well, on I mean, not, DraftKings either, but he's certainly not he's, number one. He's kind of cheap. He's 6,100 on DraftKings. Mean, he's true. way cheaper. That's true. He's number one on, on FanDuel. It's uh, it's wild. Apparently, FanDuel is uh, all over uh, Niners Nation fever right now, so it's hard to blame him. I mean, it could be an uh, anti-Atlanta thing, too. It's. Uh, I'm sure it's very much that. Dra- uh, FanDuel seems to apply matchups a little more than, than DraftKings does, mm-hmm. but... Uh, uh, I, th- I think Mostert's playable on DraftKings. I think that Tevin Coleman is definitely third in that uh, in that pecking order right now. He's, he clearly looked looked different than the other two guys. I think Brita's a, a, a nice change of pace guy, but I think Mostert's going to be the guy for now. But as you said, with Shanahan, uh, the way they call plays, they, that can change any moment too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the hardest part about this this whole range, or maybe it's easy because of this, is that I think you play Patrick Laird over everybody who's below, and maybe you play him over most Mostert. Just because 
you know he's going to get the the touches and he's playing the Giants. Like, is there anybody yeah. below that you're like, no, 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 I would play him over Patrick Laird? Uh, I hate to say it, but it's close for me between Laird and actually Adrian Peterson. Uh, Darius you Geis went. I do. It's it's painful. Mm-hmm. Darius Geis went on the IR, so we'll not see him the rest of the way. He just can't stay healthy. It's really a shame because the dude is really talented. Yeah. Uh, but Peterson had 20 carries last week after uh, after Geis went out. Only 70 yards, but did score against Green Bay. Um, the Eagles are pretty, usually pretty tough against running backs. It's going to be a tough game script. Um, I think I go Laird over him, but I, I would consider Peterson. I, if Josh Jacobs doesn't play, I'd also consider DeAndre Washington in this spot, 4,700 on DraftKings. He got 20 touches last week with Josh Jacobs out. He was clearly the guy, and they kind of kept Jalen Richard in kind of his third down role. I think he's very live. Jacobs ends up not playing, although it's it's kind of leaning towards Jacobs playing now. Um yeah, I think it's Laird. I mean, 19 touches last week for 86 yards, five targets these last two weeks. That helps a lot on DraftKings. Um, they never have a good game script, but this is about as good as it gets. <laughs> this is about the lowest spread they've had in a long time. I think they've been underdogs in 15 straight games. Um, but uh, this is, I think you said it was two and a half against the Giants. It's as close as going to get, uh, as good a, a running back spot as you're going to get from Miami probably all year. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, like we said, it sounds like uh, Jacobs is going to play. Washington, I think I would play over Laird if Jacobs doesn't. Um, yeah, it sounds like Jacobs is going to play. So, like, Laird's the guy down here, which, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, that's it, what we said earlier. McCaffrey and Laird or Barkley and Jacobs yep. or something like that. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, the, those 7,000 guy maybe playing, I mean, you could even play two, another one of those at, uh, at Flex, and it's an interesting week to do that with the, with the cheap receivers we're going to talk about. Last guy, last week I want to talk about, Monday night. Boston Scott was dynamic against uh, against the against the Giants. He's at Washington this week. As good as it gets matchup wise, DraftKings price is three thousand. He played thirty nine snaps last week. Uh, Ten carries, fifty nine yards, and a touchdown. Six catches for sixty nine yards. Any interest at all in going back to the Boston Scott uh, well? No. Back to the well. Was anybody <laughs> in the well? I like the I like the I like the dramatic pause though. <laughs> um, I was going to make a comment about what I said to you about Boston Scott how it just sounded like somebody from Boston. <laughs> I used some choice language at the time, but um, no, I have no I don't interest. Know. I don't know if you're a survivor, a survivor fan at all, but there's a guy named Boston Rob who's been on there. Oh yeah, times. sure, that's sure. Yeah, I yeah. think of, yeah. This so that's Scott version. It's, it, every time you said Boston Scott, I was actually texting with a friend and who plays, uh, we played both played the showdown. I was like, Boston Scott's killing us here. And he actually didn't know who, he thought I was talking about like a fan of the game or someone else. It was, uh, it was out of nowhere. He played 35 snaps all year, played 35 snaps in the second half last week. I tell you what, though, he looked as much as Darren Sproles as anyone's looked like Darren Sproles in a while, though. Would you play Darren Sproles? At 3,000 on DraftKings um, back in the heyday? Sure. Maybe. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm going here either, but uh, it's just too hard to know if he's actually going to get snaps again. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, the last the, the, the only enough, thing— Is there enough here to keep you off Miles Sanders, though? Yes. Is kind of, I think, the more important question. Yes, there is. Yeah, that's how I felt, too. Yeah. I mean, there's— the the thing that we know about the Eagles backfield is that we don't know anything. And so exactly. and I want no part of it. Yeah. And even with Jordan Howard out, you know, Sanders become more interesting, but with the, the Boston Scott or Boston got emerging last week, I just, I think I'm just staying away from the backfield too. Yeah. Yep. It's not worth the risk for me. So let's jump into quarterbacks. So I think are interesting this week. We kind of have a lot of guys uh, kind of in the same range, especially on draftings. A lot of guys from like, 6,500 to 7,100 right in there. And at the top of the range is Patrick Mahomes, 7,100. 
quietly struggling fantasy-wise. He has one passing touchdown in four of his last five games, which seems almost impossible considering what we saw from this Chiefs offense last year. Uh, Denver's very good against the pass, but uh, Mahomes was really good against them the first time. He got hurt, but he was 10 of 11 uh, for 76 yards and a touchdown before he got hurt. They're an 11.5-point favorite. They're at home. I'm not sure how much they're going to have to throw. Um, are you interested in Mahomes at all this week? Because I, I actually am not. Uh, yeah, I just, I'm not sure it's worth paying up for it. Um, the, the Denver defense is like, was the reason I didn't play Deshaun Watson last week. And it was like, oh, he, Watson threw 50 passes, completed 56% of them, had one touchdown and was picked off twice. And it was like, yeah, that sounds like what would happen when he played the Denver defense. And of course he had 30 fantasy points because he's stupid two rushing touchdowns that now that <laughs> yep. it's only Wednesday, I'm still tilting about. Um, and they got, and they got down like 28 to three, yeah. 31 to three. I think it was against yep. Denver. I mean, they were just so bad. I, I don't know if it was a off the new England win. They just kind of didn't pay attention this week, but wow, they got blitzed in that game. Yeah. It's um, <clears throat> yeah, that was a very frustrating, but anyway, uh, no, I don't think it's worth um, playing Mahomes. I mean, just the way that he, that they have looked, uh, and like his stat lines, like, I feel like you would pay 7,100 if he was his normal self throwing for 350 and two touchdowns in the half. But yeah, it's weird to see three straight games with only a single touchdown. And, um, yeah, it's just not, uh, that, that Denver back or secondary is like strong enough that I just feel like it's worth looking elsewhere. So you mentioned Deshaun Watson. He's 6,800 on DraftKings, 8,200 on FanDuel. Uh, the two rushing half, two second half rushing touchdowns saved him last week, as you mentioned. Uh, nice game script this week, though. We've got we got the highest over under the week. We've got a close uh, close spread game. They're going to have to score against Tennessee to uh, to win this game. Threw 50 passes last week, as you mentioned. Um, four out of the last seven quarterbacks have thrown first 300 plus yards on Tennessee. Multiple touchdowns in five of those seven. Uh, so quarterbacks have been doing well against Tennessee. How do you feel about Watson this week off the tilting week last week? Uh, I think he makes a ton of sense. Um, I'm kind of surprised, or it was surprising when I saw it, that uh, Ryan Tannehill is only 300 cheaper on DraftKings only because I just can't seem to get the Miami Tannehill like out of my head. And I'm looking like, my God, <laughs> like the Houston uh, secondary is awful. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll get you know, like a 5,900, 6,100 Tannehill. And it's like, oh, no, 65. He's the fifth most expensive quarterback. And uh, I don't know. I, I probably play Watson first only because I feel like I know Watson. I know what he can do as opposed to this Tannehill, which feels like not necessarily smoke and mirrors, but it's like a Tannehill I don't recognize. And so that scares me a little bit. Yeah, I kind of fall in the in the same realm there. I think if I'm gonna play someone this game, it's probably gonna be uh, probably gonna be Watson. I do like him this week. I would like uh, I would like Will Fuller to play, but uh, you know it's uh, it's a big game, so maybe he'll get going. But that's a hamstring injury that's uh, that scares me too. I like I like their offense a lot more when he can take the top off the defense. Though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Russell Wilson, seven thousand on DraftKings, quietly been very kind of poor for fantasy lately. Two touchdowns or fewer in six of the last seven games, and zero or one touchdown in four of those seven. Under thirty rushing yards in six of seven. No rushing touchdowns the last seven weeks. He really had that one big massive game against Tampa Bay where he had four hundred yards and five touchdowns. Um, that, since week five, that's kind of been his only really big fantasy game. I'm uh, I'm not paying up for Wilson right now, and they're in a spot where I'm not sure they're going to have to throw very much at Carolina. They love to run the ball. I don't love the game flow here for Wilson in a spot that, uh, you know, usually I like him in games. They're going to be high scoring. Um, I don't know. I'm not, uh, not feeling the Russell Wilson fancy at the moment. I agree. Um, 
But man, do I see a three thirty and three touchdowns because I have Chris Carson, who's going to have yeah. eighteen for seventy three and <laughs> nothing else. But yeah, I mean Wilson's the same, not the same as Mahomes, but it's like I just not it's not worth paying up because there are just so many guys who are cheaper that I think you know it's worth the the extra money to save it. Yeah, and uh, I'd maybe much more willing to go with a with a GPP Mahomes over uh, over Wilson this week. I think that yeah, at the like same that. price, pretty much on both sides. I, I like Mahomes upside. Yeah, I think you can see kind of the way he hits uh, hits a big plays a big game. I just I'm not. I'd play Mahomes over Wilson every day, and I play Watson over Wilson right now too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Does that mean Wilson's gonna be really? What about in this? Uh, I think he's gonna be really under owned. Yeah. yeah. So o- always interesting at GP when you get a stud <laughs> under owned, but I just don't like what I'm seeing uh, fantasy wise from that offense right now. In that same range, uh, your boy Jameis Winston, 6900 DraftKings, 8200 FanDuel. Unreal game last week. You know, he came out. He came out of the game a little bit. People thought he got benched. Yeah. He actually had a thumb injury. Ended up with 456 passing yards and four passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Yeah. Just a massive game. He had like I think he was 40 something points on draft. It was crazy when I looked up. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe he ended up with that stat line from where he was at the start. Um, Detroit has given up uh, three plus touchdowns five times this year to quarterbacks. 300 plus yards six times. They uh, they are showing against the pass. Should be a close game. Should be a, a fairly high scoring game if Detroit can kind of hang in there and get some points against the Tampa D. Uh, you're going back to Jameis again this week because uh, I think I might be. Um, I mean, does having a broken thumb in your throwing hand when you're a quarterback matter? It didn't last week. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> and obviously, no Mike Evans and the injury is a concern. That that is a little bit. He, he had. A, he had, I don't know if you saw. Mike Evans had a uh, had a bowling charity event on Monday, and Jameis was bowling left handed because he had a he had a, he had like a splint on his right hand, which does not make me feel great about that. Yeah, I was gonna say, does that make you feel better? <laughs> um, I mean, I no injury. He like, of course, you would play him, but he's definitely priced as if right. he's fully as if he has a working, fully working hand and Mike Evans. So like the the match, yeah. you know. The, the matchup is obviously golden, but uh, I think those two things are actually enough for me to be hesitant enough not to play Winston. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. You make a make a good point there. I I think I'll have to see some injury uh, status this week and kind of see if he's you know full go or kind of partial practice and kind of see where we're at. I just they throw so much. I mean, he goes over three hundred yards every single every damn game. week. Yeah, every game. I think it's like eight of nine or whatever. I had to look it up, but there's that one game he didn't go over because they were they were winning and their defense played well. But I mean, it just seems like another spot. And, you know, you need Detroit to score a little bit. I think for it to really blow up, like last week they won 38-35, just like the perfect setup. He threw a, I think he threw a pick six early, and it's just like he sets himself up for a garbage stat so much. And they end up winning the game. It was crazy. They were down. I was like, oh, here we go, Jameis garbage time. But it turned out to be not garbage time because they ended up coming back and winning 38-35. I just don't know if Detroit can score enough to push him to quite that level. Yeah, there's like nothing better for for uh, Jameis Winston than like an early pick six. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. I mean, it, 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 Twitter always blows up like, oh, here comes the Jameis perfect game. Like, it's just uh, no one could do it quite like him. Yeah, it's per- It's great. I, I mean, like, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I'm hesitant this week. But it's not like there are guys like, right, like, I think Watson is a reasonable pivot if like if Me you're too. worried about Winston and Tannehill makes sense, but like there's, uh, there's no way I'm paying 6,400 on DraftKings for Baker Mayfield. Like no way. Um, no way. And, I, I finally have, I luckily I've moved past the season long stuff on Baker. I'm just, <laughs> I'm done playing him. Yeah. yeah just, I, no, thank you. Just no interest. And you, you go down pretty quickly. Like I, I don't really have much interest in Aaron Rodgers, And even if though he plays well in 11 degree games, 
right. Dak against the Rams, I'm probably staying away from. God, no. no Fitzpatrick, no, no. I think you can make the argument, but like 6,200 for Fitzpatrick when um, Tannehill is only 300 more. Winston, or, excuse me, Watson is a little bit above that. Like, I think uh, you're probably better off even going down. Like Carson Wentz, I think um, you could play. Jimmy G at 61 looks pretty nice. Although, I mean, we keep saying like, this is a team that loves to run and yet there's Jimmy G like throwing four touchdown passes. So, um, I don't know. He seems, yeah, I think that that one's going to be really on, really on game flow. If you think that the Falcons can score enough on the Niners defense and Richard Sherman's not going to play, uh, K1 Williams might not play. So that's their top two cornerbacks. You'd be uh, Emmanuel Mosley, a Keller Witherspoon going to be in there. Although I think Witherspoon's probably a little bit better than K1 Williams, but two of their three cornerbacks aren't playing. Uh, you think Atlanta scores a little bit. I think, uh, you know, Jimmy becomes more interesting. Uh, they, they score a lot of points at home. Um, he has 16 touchdowns the last six weeks, including three, four touchdown games. He has a lot of weapons all of a sudden with Manny Sanders in the mix. Uh, Debo Samuel's really emerging. Kittle's healthy now. Uh, Kendrick Bourne had two touchdowns last week. Obviously, we have, they have good receivers out of the backfield. You got a lot of weapons right now. I just think that it's strictly a game flow, game script thing for me if you want to play Garoppolo. If you think Atlanta scores 24 points or something like that, then I like Garoppolo this week. If you think they score 13, that'd probably stay away. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um... 8,400 on Fandle, though. I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> That's a wild price. Um, last, uh, what about Kyler Murray? 5,600 on DraftKings, way down. Uh, he's under, under 200 passing yards in three straight games. Does have six touchdowns in that stretch. Has faced tough Ds, though. He's faced San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, the Rams, and Pittsburgh the last three weeks. Uh, how do you feel about Kyler's work? Any interest in going to him at the, at the decreased price? It's really cheap. Like, um, uh, like I, I think you can make an, a legitimate argument for Murray, Derek Carr and Minshew in this range. And I think Murray is, is the best of them only because of the potential for the rushing yards. Although they really haven't been there recently. I mean, it's not like you're signing up for uh, Lamar Jackson's like 70 rushing yards and you're not even really signing up for like the, the Josh Allen range of, of rushing yards or so like, I don't know if, if Murray like more regularly hit the 50 rushing yard mark, I think you'd be, more comfortable about it, but it's just, you know, he, it's more scrambly than, than it is like design run plays for him. And so I don't know. I, I, I don't really love anybody in this range, um, enough to go with them though. I did give a little bit of a consideration to, uh, David Blau. Yeah. I mean, if you think that that game is, you know, you're playing as Tampa Bay, if you think that game uh, kind of goes back and forth a little bit, that's, that's an interesting one down the range, just strictly from kind of a game flow uh, set, setup. Right. Right. I mean, the Tampa, I mean, the Tampa Bay secondary is one that we want to have exposure against every week. So why not take the quarterback? Yeah. And it's funny. You mentioned Kyler Murray. I looked a little closer at Cleveland against the pass. I was shocked. They haven't allowed a 300 passer, 300 yard passer all season long. Yeah, I mean, even if they did it like 15 times, you probably don't think that Kyler's going to be <laughs> to join the list. Yeah, Ugh. totally. You're right. It have to be the rushing yards. You can kind of see the upside there, but uh, I don't know. It's cheap enough that I that I thought about it, but I don't think I'm going there either. What about Eli? I was about to say, what about <clears throat> Eli? Uh, great matchup playing home against the Dolphins. Uh, I'm not doing it. I thought uh, I thought uh, aside from a couple plays to Slayton, he's got good weapons. I just I, I'm, I'm not playing Eli. Fifteen of thirty for two hundred and three yards. Like that's what he did. Fifty five of which were on yeah. one of the touchdowns to Slayton. Like 
Yeah. And I think the second half, he had like eight passing yards until like close to the end of the game. It was, uh, uh, once they kind of settled in and started playing defense against him, I just, I, Miami defense is terrible. Uh, I get that. He has good weapons. I just, uh, not who I want to play as my one quarterback in the DFS lineup. Sorry. That's how I feel. Like you don't, if you only have one, why would you ever take him? Yeah. Uh, so let's jump to wide receivers. A first note from our sponsor, Armchair Quarterback. Armchair Quarterback is a real-time game where you can predict the next play during a live football broadcast. You know what the next play is going to be. Predict it and earn points. Climb the leaderboard and increase your chances to win tickets and other prizes. It's the perfect way to m- make watching games more exciting. We have a special league for all RotoWire subscribers. We'll be posting the leaderboard online and be mentioning them here. This week, we're playing the Saints-Colts game on Monday night. You can also form your own league with your fancy friends. The full schedule and game information is available at armchairquarterback.com. Armchair quarterback, make every game bigger. So wide receivers this week, starting at the top, uh, you know, I think that uh, everybody's kind of contested top two are DeAndre Hopkins and Chris Godwin. Uh, Hopkins is on a pretty good roll right now. Uh, 80 plus yards or a touchdown in six of seven games. He was seven for a buck 20 touchdown last week without Will Fuller. Uh, it's clear that uh, when Fuller's not there, he gets a lot more targets. Uh, he has eight plus targets in every game, but one all year. Weirdly enough, though, you know, the 120 yards is his highest number of yards he had all year. He had uh, he had four games last year over uh, over 120 yards. He hasn't had that massive blow-up game yet. Who is that? Sorry, you cut out a little bit. DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, Hopkins, yeah. Um, yeah, I was amazed at how many people played him last week. Um, just because we talked about that matchup against Chris Harris, and obviously that did not matter. He absolutely smoked him that game. Um, I mean— I get it. it. It just seems like this is a range salary range where you're like, okay, I'll pay up for Michael Thomas. And now that we're starting to get like a few other guys who are in this 8,000 range, um, you have to like, remember that just because they're the top on the slate doesn't mean that they're Michael Thomas. And so like that, I have to keep right. reminding myself about that with Deandre Hopkins uh, more than any of the other guys, just that, I mean, obviously the volume was there last week, but like eight targets in each of the previous two games, um, I don't know. He's obviously a great play this week. I'm just not sure I can pay that much for a wide receiver in cash. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm playing Hopkins where I'm going to stack him with uh, Deshaun Watson. Sure. That's the kind of the spot that I'll be using him. Yeah. Uh, so what about Godwin? We mentioned you know it's the uh, it's hard it's to figure out what to do with him. It is it's a Godwin week. 7,700 DraftKings, 8,400 on Fanduel. He's actually just a little bit behind uh, Hopkins on on both sites. Uh, Evans, Mike Evans, obviously done for the season. Um, he did stay in the slot last week, even after Evans was out. So they didn't move him outside. Um, that's kind of a good spot to go against Detroit too. They've struggled against slot receivers, uh, nine targets last week. The most he's had in four weeks. So it, it did help a little bit. Evans was out. Uh, gotta think he's got as much upside this week as anybody assuming Jameis is okay to go. Obviously that's a question mark. We'll have to figure that out later in the week. But, uh, I guess my questions for you, are you finally going to be on the Chris Bot- Godwin train this week? Uh, I played him last week, um, in a stack, um, which actually turned out okay. Um, <clears throat> I don't like in cash. I think uh, I just don't see myself paying up for a wide receiver in cash. And if I'm going to play pay for Godwin, like I feel like I'd rather play Hopkins just because I'm hesitant on Jameis this week with that thumb injury. And but yeah. like I'm this is a situation where I'm like if if I'm going to pay seventy seven for Godwin because I think. There are going to be all these Evans targets that are going around. Uh, why wouldn't I just pay 4500 for Brashad Perriman? <laughs> we will get to Brashad Perriman in a little bit, but uh, I, I certainly get that point, and uh, especially off uh, a lot of targets last week. 
Um, Devontae Adams is a weird one. He's 7,600 on DraftKings. Um, quiet last week. I know you played him last week, so you're probably not happy with him. Six targets, only 441. He had double-digit targets in five weeks in a row before that. He weirdly has 45 yards or fewer in three of his last five games. Only one game over 65 yards in that stretch. So while the massive targets are there, the you know, the big games have been there. He had the one two-touchdown game where everybody played him. Uh, Going to be really cold in Green Bay this week. That usually does not affect Aaron Rodgers. But uh, I don't know. I think if I'm in this range, I'm playing both Godwin and Hopkins over Adams this week for me. Yeah, I agree. I uh, was discussing this a little bit in our subscriber chat. <clears throat> like, I completely, like— underestimated um, DeAndre Hopkins last week in terms of cash ownership uh, and Michael Thomas a little bit um, because I thought a lot more people would play Adams. Like it seemed like double digit targets were guaranteed against the Washington secondary, which is not one that we're shying away from. Um, But Adams was actually owned less than those two. So I, and I had Adams um, which was a total debacle. So um, the matchup, this week really isn't is, is significantly worse than the one he had last week, and so I don't know why I'm I'm going to end up paying just as much for or excuse me slightly less than I did last week. And like you said, Godwin and, and Hopkins are significantly better plays. And I think there are a bunch of guys just below that are better that we don't necessarily need to to think about. Adams like um, Kenny Galladay like really sticks out against that Tampa secondary. Yep, I think you probably s- skip Tyreek Hill against Chris Harris if he stays with him. But even so, like, there's enough um, hesitation with Mahomes that I feel like you can kind of comfortably pass on Tyreek Hill. And then the dig situation, like, against the Chargers, I think, like, nope. I don't see why Not you would play me. him over yeah. Galladay or Edelman if he's going to play or Julio, no offense, um, or Lockett. <laughs> None taken. Yeah. Like, I think there are plenty of other guys to play. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely off Diggs this week. I'm a big Diggs fan, but just not this week against that Chargers D. They haven't allowed a receiver over 80 yards since week two. I'm just not gonna not gonna pay for it uh, this week. There, Tyreek's interesting. Uh, Denver's been leaking a little bit to wide receiver ones lately. Uh, we talked about D Hop last week with seven for 120. Keenan Allen had six for 68, and Mike Williams had 100 over 100 yards in that game. Uh, Tyreek Hill was fairly quiet the last two weeks, but still has 16 targets. Um, I think he's a uh, I think he's an interesting GPP guy this week. I think he, the ownership will not be very high going against uh, Chris Harris in this Broncos secondary. But I think that Hill, in a GPP, is a guy that can always look up and you know go 160 yards and two touchdowns, uh, you know, pretty easily. Although the weather's supposed to be tough, um, I uh, I think Tyreek Hill's an interesting GPP guy this week. I like him more than Adams or Diggs for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that's a game that like that like what you said. If you have Hop, if you have Watson, you're going to have Hopkins in a lineup. The same thing. If you have Mahomes, like you're going to have Tyreek yeah. Hill. So Agreed. It just kind of fits that way. So you're not going to have any David Blau Galladay lineups. Uh, I don't think so, but it's uh, it's not uh, it's it's not not interesting. That's for sure. Do you find yourself liking Galladay more than like? Is the increase in potential for Galladay because Jones is out bigger than what we are expecting arise from for Amendola? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that, uh, his targets have been down the last series though, but he didn't have eight last week. They were down for threes before that, but he's just so good. And they, I mean, they just, uh, they're, they're throwing deep balls to him with Blau, which I like, uh, Tampa's given up 21 touchdowns to wide receivers, including two last week and 105 yards to someone called Marcus Johnson. Um, <laughs> I don't know who that is still. Um, Tampa Bay's allowed multiple touchdowns to wide receiver in five of the last seven games. I just think that, uh, I think is in a great matchup here. He is priced up. He's 7,200 on DraftKings, 7,900 on FanDuel with a quarterback that we're not totally sure on. But, um, you know, I like uh, I love Kenny Galladay. He's really, really talented, really good. I think he uh, definitely over Diggs for me. 
Uh, my question will be this week is, you know, if I like him more than Edelman and Julio Jones who are right below him on the list. Right, right. I mean, is there a concern that the Patriots are just so much better than Cincinnati that Edelman won't have a typical Edelman game because they don't need him? There, there definitely is. I, you have to think they're going to run the ball a lot in the second half. But he has double-digit targets in eight straight games, 90-plus yards in three straight games, and the rest of their receivers kind of suck. They don't kind of suck. I mean, they're... Yeah, I mean, Mohamed Sanu, I guess, is okay, and Dorsett. But, like, they just Brady only trusts one guy. But I just don't like this Patriots offense at all right now. Yeah. I mean, Edelman's the only guy I'd consider playing there. I'm, I'm not going to play James White. I'm not going to play Sony Michelle. Um, Edelman 7100 draftings though, just with the the PPR stuff, I think is uh, is an interesting uh, interesting play for sure. Yeah. Okay. I get that. What do you do with Julio though? Seven thousand on DraftKings. You know no. he's below all these guys. Obviously, you know as among the most talented. No Richard Sherman. Maybe no K1 Williams. We talked about that earlier. Calvin Ridley's out for the year. Uh, he played plenty of snaps last week. You know coming off the injury, he was only five for sixty six on eight targets. Uh, could be a game where they get behind, have to throw a lot. Uh, I can see the path to Julio. Um, I just, I don't know. The Niners defense is so good against the pass. and going to rush Matt Ryan a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I'm back and forth in this one. I can, uh, I'm on the fence on Julio. I haven't decided yet. I am not even close to the fence. There's no way I'm playing. <laughs> like, oh, um, all right. Nice. I like no. that. I mean, the, the Julio in like perfect situations, I'm still like so hesitant about. So even against this banged up Niners secondary, like, we're going to start trusting the Falcons now at San Francisco, Santa Clara. Really? I mean, come on, get out of here. Oh yeah. I just think I, I thought last week they're going to rush breeze a lot, but breeze did an incredible job getting the ball out quick. I don't think Matt Ryan could do the same thing. That's uh, I oof, No, 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 no. Would you say we, so we I think that that game could actually be kind of an interesting game stack though. Like, and you would obviously include Julio in it. So I'll put it that way, but like, there's no way I play him in cash or like a minimum single entry tournament. No way. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see a stack there too. I think it's uh, with with the secondary being injured. And Jaworski Tart is uh, questionable too, and he, they've really struggled on the on the safety back end last week. I mean, Jared Cook's two touchdowns were both because uh, Harris, uh, the, the backup safety, Jaworski Tart uh, made bad plays, and they just they just made a bunch of mistakes in the secondary, and they were pissed off about it. But I mean, you could tell that that missing their safety hurt. And if you uh, you know Sherman is just such a force on one side of the field, it, it certainly changes the defense a little bit, despite the fact that they still should get a pretty good rush on Ryan. Yeah, yeah, no thanks. If anything, let me get like the guys who I think will benefit lower down the list. It's the same situation as Galladay, like or fair enough, or the um, or Evans or Godwin. Excuse me. Like, let me get the cheaper guys who I think Nate now go from three targets to six targets, as opposed right. to the upper level guys who go from like eight to ten, maybe. So dropping down a little bit into the 6,000s, uh, one guy that I do like this week is Jarvis Landry at Arizona. Just really involved every week. We talked about how we don't like Baker Mayfield, but uh, Landry's uh, double-digit targets in five of seven, 75-plus yards in the last three games. Arizona struggles against slot receivers where Landry will line up a bunch. They've given up at least 80 yards to a wide receiver in eight of their last nine games. I think that uh, Landry's a little underpriced this week on drafting to 6,700 with the, with the full-point PPR. 7,400 on FanDuel, I don't like as much with the half-point PPR, but I do like Landry in DraftKings this week. I totally agree. Um, <clears throat> just every reason you said was exactly why I liked it. And I think uh, your boy DJ Moore is underpriced too. 6,600 against Always. Seattle. What? Why, why no respect for DJ Moore? I don't get it. He was priced up a little bit last week. Um which was like the first week in forever that he didn't have like nine targets, which is kind of funny. And DraftKings nailed on that one. Um, but yeah, I think like both of those guys are really good. I think Landry is, is definitely ahead a little bit, but 
I think they're both great. I think they're you get Cooper Cup a little bit lower, who um, I think is probably appropriately priced, but I want no like he just seems like he's done. Um, he and he, he and Cooper, Brandon Cooks. Cooper Cup played twenty snaps yeah, last week. That's nuts. Robert 20. Woods is the man. Like that's it. Simple as that. Yeah, but he I mean he scored a touchdown, so he kind of was hidden there, but he played 20 snaps, and I have no idea why. There hasn't been a report about him getting hurt or anything. He just didn't. He wasn't on the field very much. It was. They, I guess they were running the ball more with Gurley, but it, it seemed odd that Cup was the odd man out of not even being on the field. Yeah. Uh, at least it gives us like enough reason to not play him. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, you mentioned DJ. You mentioned DJ Moore. I mean, this is a guy that's playing with Kyle Allen, and he has seven straight games of 75 plus yards. That's incredible consistency for a wide receiver. That is nuts. Wow. Yeah, that's. That's what you want, leasing cash. It is what you want, and in a game that is projected to be one of the higher scoring games, and you got to think that Seattle's going to score on the Carolina defense, whether it's by Carson or Russell Wilson. Um, I like DJ Moore getting a lot of action in the second half, and on FanDuel, it's under 7,000 still. Uh, definitely a strong play for me there. Yeah, love it. Love it. Uh, anybody else in this 6,000? You mentioned Robert Woods. Still seems really underpriced at 6,200 on DraftKings. He's, uh, his targets last week have been 9, 19, and 9, over 95 yards in each game. Uh, Dallas has been good against the pass, but Cole Beasley did have a good game a couple weeks ago. But uh, they only allowed two wide receivers over 50 yards since week 7, so been really good against the pass lately. But uh, 6,200 on DraftKings just seems way too cheap for Woods right now, especially with full-point PPR. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't know if I necessarily like, like him enough this week to play him in cash. I think DK Metcalf is also kind of an interesting play. I think you make the case for AJ Brown, um, which I feel like he still doesn't get the volume that you want, but man, yeah, the guy can fly Whew, explosive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I kind of wanted to uh, convince myself that one of these giants receivers was good enough to play. Like they're golden Tate's at 5,900, um, we've got Shepard at 5,400 and Slayton at 47. Uh, Shepard and Tate were like invisible to Eli Manning, but Slayton obviously had those two big plays home against Miami. Like are those guys fitting in are those guys in your sheet? They are, especially Slayton, because he wasn't he wasn't priced up because the game was on Monday night, yeah. so he stayed at forty seven hundred. Shepard was frustrating to me. I, I owned him in, in a couple spots last week, and I mean Eli missed on some open plays to him. It's just frustrating watching Eli miss guys. But um, I always like Sterling Shepard. He still had uh, seven targets last week, only a four catch, twenty eight yards. But uh, I think if I had to go with anybody there, I think I'd go back to Slayton. He clearly has a, a little bit of a mix going on right now with Eli, who's five for one fifty four and two touchdowns. I think that was all in the first half though. Uh, but seven plus targets in each of the last four games. Miami can't stop the pass, and the crazy thing with Miami is they can't stop the pass, and all their cornerbacks are hurt now. So they have they have nobody back there to play the pass. If it was anybody but Eli, I would love these these Giants uh, wide receivers. But I think uh, if I had to pick with them, I, I'm going to go with the cheaper one and kind of hope that works. Yeah, I think the problem is is that um, you have to rely on Eli Manning. Like why? Yeah, it's very why is he starting? Like I understand that like, he was the Daniel number Jones two. Daniel Jones still but... hurt, right? Yeah, yeah, but like they have this uh, Alex Tanny guy. Like, why isn't he playing? Like, we know what Eli is. Like, what? Why is he playing? How are they trotting uh, him out there to... with like the he gives us this best opportunity to win when you specifically made the decision in week two or after week two that he was not the one who gave you the best chance? Like, I oh. strictly strictly loyalty and not wanting to play the undrafted Monmouth quarterback instead. I, hey, I mean, why not? Why not? Anyway, um, 
I actually, I actually agree with you. I mean, you have this guy on the, on the roster. You might as well see what you got, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, you have, you're playing for nothing right now. Uh, you know, they're not – they're where they 2-11 and 11 or whatever they are. I mean, you're playing for nothing. You might as well – I just I guess it's a swan song for the fans and for Eli. A lot of Giants fans are happy to see him out there. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I thought it was actually very funny. Had those few people that were like, no, it'll be good to see Eli back. And then within <laughs> – by halftime, they were like, oh, right. This is – we we forgot this was the guy we actually had no interest in ever wanting to see again. Um, as, you, as you saw, I objected to the one person comparing it to yes, like Jerry Rice yeah. to returning to the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Len. Uh, what do you think uh, about your Niners guys? Because uh, I um, mean, Emmanuel Sanders. Is yeah, it's hard every week because they, yeah, they, they spread it around. Sanders is obviously huge last week. I think if I'm going to play a Niners uh, receiver, I'm going to go with Debo Sanders yeah. to, to save 800 bucks on Sanders. Uh, eight targets last week, also five for 76. And he's just really good. Like they're both really good. But Debo after the catch is just a, just a beast. He's, he's, he's either scored or been over 75 yards in five straight weeks. I think I'm going to save the 800 bucks. And if I play a Niners receiver, uh, it'll be Debo just kind of uh, based on the money difference more than anything. Cause I, I kind of put them pretty even. Yeah. I think that's reasonable. What about, uh, what about Christian Kirk this week? 5,500 on DraftKings. He's, uh, he's priced down for a guy that, uh, Gets a lot of targets. He had 10, 7, 9, and 9 the last four weeks. Been facing really tough defense. They've faced, a, like we mentioned before, with Kyler, kind of a gauntlet of tough defenses. Cleveland's good versus the pass. Not quite as good as the Niners and the Rams and Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, the volume's there. The price is there. But uh, can you trust Christian Kirk with Kyler Murray throwing to him right now? Um, I'd rather not have to yeah. do that. Um, I think you can make, like, he's... If you're looking at him, then you're looking at Sterling Shepard, who's like right below him, uh, price wise. Terry McLaurin, I like. Uh, he should be. He should have had such a better season than he did. I know he's so good. Um, he finally like scored a touchdown last week, but like still that and that touchdown was ridiculous. Um, but they're just he's, like he's really really good. I love is. watching him play, but I just. I just can't do Haskins right now. Right, right. And so I feel like when you look in this range, it's like, oh, I'd rather play this guy, but he has like this problem. Like 4,900 for Sammy Watkins, like you're now like... God, I'm, I'm done with that. Right. Uh, like is Russell Gage going to get more targets because because um, Ridley's out? Like maybe, but maybe not. Um, then we obviously have Slayton. We have this Miami situation, like they're playing the Giants who are horrible um, and Devonte Parker suffered a concussion last week. Uh, so did who was the other guy? Why am I blanking on his name now? But it's pushing uh, me I'm to blank- Alan Hearns. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it's, it's pushing me to Alan Hearns or Isaiah Ford. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, it was Albert Wilson. He he suffered a concussion go, also. He, so he's always hurt though. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. So like, are we? Isaiah Ford had a great game. Um, and so if Parker and Wilson miss out again, like, I guess, is it that we know enough about Hearns that makes us play forward? Yeah, that's kind of that's the way that I went it too. And it's a thousand dollars cheaper for 40 and nine targets last week. Uh, the giants are second to last in points allowed per target to wide receivers. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good stuff to get from this game. If you can find the right guy, you know, the Philly wide receivers are quiet last week, but, uh, you know they're they're not they're not very good and Zachary scored twice and two of those late. Uh, they the wide receivers are great for them like four or five weeks before that game. So yeah, I'd love to play one of these guys. It's hard to know which to play, but I think if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go Isaiah Ford for thirty seven hundred because it's so cheap and uh, you know if it's not as good, it'll hurt you less. But uh, like you said, we know what Alan Hearns is, so I maybe want to see what we got something different. Yeah, I I mean, are you more likely to play Alan Hearns than Brandon Cooks? 
there's so many guys in this range. It's crazy. Um, it, it really is. Rather, like, I'd probably rather play. I'd probably rather play her. And you got you got Dee Westbrook at 4600. Yep. You have Brashad Perriman. You mentioned earlier at 4500. Uh, there are so many cheap wide receivers this week. It's a, it's a really fun week. It's going to be hard, but there's going to be a couple guys in this range to blow up and win, win, win some big contests. Oh, I mean, the the list keeps going. Like Curtis Samuel uh, against Seattle. Yep. You've got Amendola with these increased targets that may or may not come. Kenny Stills, if Will Fuller sits, Stills was really highly owned last week and then did, gave us a classic two targets for eight yards. Um, you mean you, we, we call that a Kenny Stills? Right, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, I think what's odd is I'm looking at these guys. I'm like, wow, there are a lot of guys in this range. And there are two guys, Isaiah Ford is one, who I'm like, maybe I'd rather play these guys. And the other one, which I can't believe I'm saying, is Kiki Kuti, who... Uh, 3,400, eight targets last week. Um, it really seems like the lack of Will Fuller, and not that Fuller is like a 12-target guy, but like the lack of Will Fuller is not being like, all right, we're just going to use stills on the deep balls. It's we're just going to keep throwing under. And and maybe that was just the result of them having to throw so much. I mean, Watson threw 50 passes. But um, maybe Kuti at 3,400 and Isaiah Ford at 37 is what allows us to pay up everywhere else. Yeah, I think you got to throw Justin Watson in that mix too with Tampa Bay. They're at Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played 43 snaps last weekend at eight targets. Jameis is, as long as he's healthy, they're going to throw the ball. Uh, you mentioned Brashad Perriman. I think he's really interesting too. 11 targets the last two weeks. He was five for 87 and three for 70. He's a big play guy. He played 65 snaps last week. I think he's clearly the number two, but Justin Watson is number three in that offense. Uh, 3,700. I put him right there with uh, with Ford and also Chris Conley. I think if if DJ Chark sits, uh, I think Conley becomes the deep ball guy for that offense, and that's a really good place to be against the Raiders defense, which struggles mightily against the deep ball. And D.D. Westbrook is 4,600. Gets a lot of targets, but I think Conley's a little more interesting because I think he's going to get the the deeper plays at 3,600. If I'm if I'm going to save a thousand, uh, going with uh, one of those guys, if Chark sits, I think it's going to be Conley. Yeah, no, I think that's a great call. What about a week uh, for wide receivers though? Like we never have this many guys down here that are actually like legit playable options. Well, are they legit? I mean, we're playable, always like, or they do we just like want them to be playable? Usually, usually I'm talking myself into Tim Patrick, so this feels better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a nicer group in the in this range. Like we, like you're right. We don't usually have that this many guys that were. Uh, and there are, a lot what of about, our offenses are going to have to have to throw the ball a little bit. I mean, guys are going to have to catch passes here. It's hard to figure out who it's going to be, but a couple of these guys are going to get eight, ten, nine, ten targets again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What about this uh, Zacchaeus guy from Atlanta? Is it Olamide? Olamide? Uh, that I think it's Olamide. Olamide Zacchaeus. I, I think he went to uh, Virginia, right? Um, I don't know. He when he scored, some <laughs> somebody in our subscribe <laughs> subscribers have literally still laughing about this. Just commented, like said, some guy from the Old Testament just scored a touchdown from the Falcons, <laughs> and I'm like, I literally, I'm apologize because I can't remember exactly who said it. But I'm, it's like we're taping this on a Wednesday. I'm still laughing about this, um, <laughs> but you can't possibly play him, right? I mean, he had two targets. In the yeah, he just touchdown. had the, the 93 yard touchdown. I, I'm not going to go with that against the uh, the Niners defense, but. The last guy in here, I mean, we still have Mike Williams at 4,600. Only Love three it. targets last week, but he finally scored. He's still cheap. Only top six targets once in the last seven weeks. But, I mean, if you're going to play, you know, Westbrook and Perriman and those guys, you got you got to consider Mike Williams in this range again, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody says 10 touchdowns last year, and he's not. he's had more targets this year. So I'm expecting nine touchdowns in the next three games to just level it out. You should uh, you should find a sports book and bet on that. <laughs> I'm sure they'd happily take really? my money. 
really good odds. So yeah, yeah. fun, uh, fun wide receiver week. Let's uh, let's jump into the tight ends. Uh, not quite as fun as the wide receivers usually, but. Uh, starting at the top, Travis Kelsey is on a great run for tight ends right now. 60-plus yards in his last six games. Three touchdowns in that stretch. Seven targets in four of his last five games. Um, clearly the guy who's the most involved and active of tight ends right now. Are you paying up for, for Kelsey this week? No. Why would I do that one? Oh. You can have Kittle. Uh, I thought you were going to say, why can't you do that when you can go down 3,000 for Tyler Higby? Oh, oh, I was going to get to Higby. Yes, uh, Higby's a lot. <laughs> uh, sorry to use that horrible DFS term. Um, no, I think Kittle is so much better. Like, I think it's Kittle. I think it's Ertz. Um, I think you can make the case for Waller over Kelsey. Like, I yeah, I'd I'd save a thousand on DraftKings and go to Waller for sure. Yeah, I, I there are a lot of. I mean, we've got David and Joku against Arizona. Um, God no. What do you mean? You always you always. Except I for know it's against Arizona. I just and Joku's been the guy that screwed me for like two straight years and just never worked. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, and, I, I think and, that's perfect. And for fun. the Arizona tight end people, Vance McDonald did nothing last week. Yeah, he did nothing. But that, but Vance I mean, McDonald, Vance McDonald, bad at football, by the way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And Joku has been good at football before. He has. If he can stay upright, he is pretty good at football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I want to ask you one more guy this way. You talked about, I mean, Kittle's awesome. He had the the, the play last week was just all world. Like one of the best an, plays. It was so fun to watch. Like it was awesome. Yeah, I there in my uh, that, the volume in my house got ramped up a little bit of that play to say the least, and some words I shouldn't have said in front of my father-in-law, but you know it happens. Um, <laughs> Zach Ertz at Washington is like the only guy left for the Eagles. It's it's pretty yeah. much him and Dallas Goddard. We're looking at JJ Arcega Whiteside, uh, Greg Ward, who played quarterback at Houston. It wasn't even a wide receiver. Double-digit targets and 90-plus yards in four of the last five games. For a tight end, that is pretty all-world. He just gets monster targets whenever Alshon Jeffrey does not play. Alshon Jeffrey obviously is not playing this week. At Washington, uh, a good matchup. 6,000 on drafting, 67 on, on Fandle. Um, i probably play him over Kelsey for sure. i probably play him over Kittle to save a little bit of money, although that one's closer for me. But uh, Zach Ertz right now is like, is like a wide receiver one. I think the consideration for, for Ertz... Um, is worth comparing him to $6,000 wide receivers. Like, I think this is a week That's a good point. we're paying. If you have two wide receivers in that range, and that range was the one we talked about with, like, Robert Woods, Metcalf, um, Debo Samuel, Golden Tate if it plays, um, that's yeah. kind of the range right there. If you have guys in that range and you're like, I'm playing Higby, like, so I don't have to worry about tight end. Like, I think Ertz is better than all those guys. And so playing three, like four wide receivers in cash is nuts. Playing two tight ends is insane. But I think Ertz, I think you, you, yeah. Ertz makes the case this week, um, particularly against Washington. Um, and you have this situation, I think, with any game against Washington where you're like, are they going to get so, is it whoever I have going to get so ahead that they're going to take him? Like, are they not going to have to pass anymore? And like Philly just doesn't have anybody else. Like, yeah, I mean that offense is just torn to shreds right now. Yeah, so I don't think, as long as Ertz is one of them, I don't think playing two tight ends this week in cash is crazy. Yeah, I think in my non-Higby lineups, I'm going to go to uh, Ertz first and Kittle second. Maybe some Darren Waller in there, but uh, uh, you know Jacksonville's just so bad. They allowed two tight ends to tight ends last week. They allowed seven on the year. So those, uh, that's kind of the group that I'm deciding between. But Higby is. You know, just priced so far down it's, on Jeffy. It's weird. He's 
Yeah, he's 5,700 on Fandle, so he's like, it's a little bit closer to these top guys where you can kind of talk yourself in a little more, but Higby's just been a beast with Gerald Everett out. He has, he has 140 snaps the last two weeks. He's playing every play for them. He's had 19 targets last two weeks, 14 catches, over 100 yards each week. At 3,900, if Everett doesn't play, it's just hard to get away from that. I think you play him even if Everett plays. Like, Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you might be right there too. I just don't think, like, Everett does has had like a few... Uh, a few big games as well, like volume wise, but it just seems like Goff is looking at Higby right now. So even if ever comes back, I think you can make the strong case to play him. If you wanted to pivot from, I hate that word too, uh, from Higby and a GPP, is there anybody down here that you would move towards? Um, <clears throat> I think uh, Ian Thomas has to yeah. be in consideration again. Uh, he's at 3,100 after having 10 obviously targets assuming, last year. Assuming Greg Olson. Assuming, uh, right. Yeah. Um, so I think he's the, the easy one to, to go to. Um, I don't know if there's really anybody else I'm like dying to get. I mean, I, I don't want to say it's not an OJ Howard week, but <laughs> like it, there are targets to be had. And that's a thing. And we talk about these other receivers with Evans out, but you know, maybe it's, maybe it's OJ Howard that sees those, yeah. those, those targets. He's obviously an athletic, talented guy. He's been a huge bust this year as we know, but as we know, Hugh Bush and season long tend to do really well in the playoffs after after you drafted them and you're eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> right. It's my best ball. Welcome better. to Yeah, exactly. Uh the only other guy in here I want to talk about is, is Dallas Goddard. Um, you know, just with so many injuries that, that Philly has, pretty much him and Ertz are both on the field the whole game. Yeah. Uh he has twenty one targets the last two weeks. I think he's more appealing on DraftKings. He's kind of a, a PPR guy. Maybe you hope he scores a touchdown. But if I were to go from Higby, I think it would be towards Goddard for four hundred dollars more at forty three hundred, but it's it's hard to play that over Higby. It'd be kind of a GPP play. You know, if I'm when I'm doing multiple lineups, I'm not gonna have Higby hundred percent, obviously. Um, I think it's it's Goddard who I'd move to if I needed to stay cheap. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. What about uh, what about defenses this week? Anybody that uh, you're really excited to play on the defense, uh, the defense special team side? Defense is so easy this week, Scott. Uh oh. Who is it? Twenty three hundred. Detroit Lions oh against a broken thumb, Jameis Winston. I mean, what what could, what else could you ask for? <laughs> it's crazy because the, the the Bucks scored thirty eight points last week, and Jameis still, still threw a pick six. We talked about so the yeah. defense on the other side worked. That was the Colts. The Colts, yeah. I. Uh, yeah, I think that I think they worked. The Lions' defense is not really good, but yeah, I mean, against Jameis, you always have the chance of turnovers, which is what you want from a defense, right? I mean, the Colts scored, uh, gave up thirty-eight points last week, and I think they scored like eleven fantasy points because of that pick six. <laughs> like, there, it, there's you always have a chance when you're playing Jameis or playing against Jameis, at least. Yeah, you're right. They they give up five hundred and forty-two yards. Yeah, thirty-eight points. And you're right. They had eleven. They had eleven fantasy <laughs> points. They, it, they gave 542 yards and had three interceptions and a fumble recovery. And yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you play them? Uh, yeah, I, I had them down here as one of my cheap ones. The other, uh, the other cheap ones I think are interesting. I think the Packers are interesting at 3,000 on DraftKings. Uh, they had four sacks last week. Trubisky has been better, not been sacked as much, but it's a, uh, it's a home game for the Packers in some, you know, 11 degrees projected weather. I think there's some, there's some upside there for the Packers. I do like defenses when it gets really, really cold like that. Yep. Um, although it doesn't lead itself to the turnovers, which we want, you know, lends itself to less yards and points, which don't really pay off as much in, uh, in, in DFS. Uh, I think if you're going to pay up a little bit on DraftKings, I think the Chiefs are my favorite option. They're only 3,900 on FanDuel, though. I do like the Chiefs a lot on FanDuel. 
five sacks last two weeks. They faced forced eight turnovers last week. So I think the, I think the Drew Locke uh, going on the road to Arrowhead is going to be a spot where he can finally uh, finally crumble a little bit. They're always better at home, especially 21 degrees, a little foggy. I think that's going to be a good day, good day for defenses. And I think at 3900 on Fanduel, they're my favorite play on Fanduel at least. Yeah, that's fun. I can I can definitely see that. I mean, the um, the DraftKings prices seem a little weird to me. Like the Giants. Clearly, the Giants and Dolphins, which are priced twenty seven hundred, twenty six hundred, respectively, like are priced as if both teams, um, like the offenses are good enough. Like, are they expecting a high scoring game there? Like, clearly, Eli, Eli, <laughs> should yeah, like playing against Eli, you should have to pay more than twenty six hundred to get that matchup, and yet that's what the Dolphins are. And then, obviously, you're like, wait, wait, I'm playing the Dolphins as road road underdogs again, but I don't think that's like a crazy play. Either of those actually. Um, I don't, I, I think the giants actually bolded that Miami's allowed multiple sacks in seven straight weeks. I think that you have a nice floor with the giants. They're going to have three or four sacks and you just need, you fits to make one mistake and suddenly that one works out pretty well too. Yeah. I don't know if Michael Strahan's walking through that door though, Scott. <laughs> he might be, you never know. Yeah, he probably right. still start for them right you're now. Right. He probably would start. Yeah. He looks like he's a, he looks like he's in pretty good shape on Good Morning America right now. He's one of those guys who like stopped playing and got into better shape than he was when he played. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but yeah I, I, I guess you're when, you're on, have to, when, you're on, when you're on TV every day, you kind of have to stay in shape, right? That's fair. That's fair. I just I, I don't see a situation where I come off the lines as like ridiculous as that sounds. But like the the salary that you get against a quarterback who just like cannot not turn the ball over. That's all. I uh, I find that hard to argue on DraftKings at twenty three hundred. I think on FanDuel they're forty one hundred. So I would play, I'd play the Chiefs instead for cheaper. But yeah, uh, on DraftKings, that. I think that uh, the Lions are. If you're gonna go cheap, the Lions are definitely the way to go. That's like a crazy separation between the two on the two sites. Like the it fact really that the is. Chiefs are the f- yeah. fifth most expensive on DraftKings and they're actually cheaper than the Lions on FanDuel. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is pretty wild there. So you know, important to always look at the different sites and you know find that find the values on each one. For sure, for sure. Anybody else you want to talk about in this uh, this week fifteen slate? No, it's, um, for talking about that many like three thousand level wide receivers, I'm not sure we could talk about anybody else. Beautiful. So uh, thanks everyone for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS version. We are sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Again, if you could please rate or review the podcast, we'd greatly appreciate that. If you want to follow Andrew, he's at RotoWire Andrew. Uh, not Andrew. There was a different one, Andrew Laird PGA, that got tagged in the chain this week. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, it was uh, someone asked a football question. The poor PGA guy had a bunch of responses there, <laughs> but. Uh, he is at Rotowire Andrew. Yep. Uh, I am at Scott Jensted. If you want to hit us up on there, ask questions, we're happy to answer there, especially because we're doing this on a Wednesday uh, evening for Andrew, Wednesday afternoon for me. Uh, there'll probably be a, little, a few changes, so if you want any questions there, please hit us up. Other than that, hope everybody has a great week, week 15. We'll be at you next week. Take care.